welcome to Anne and Steve Talk Stuff, the podcast where an artist and economist walk into a podcast and talk about strange things that make the world go around. Stephen, I can't help but notice now, I, this is a podcast, uh, but we are both bringing a lot more hair to the table than we did maybe the first ever podcast we did together. That's completely true. I am I am uh, much more um, hirsute than I was uh, um, in the past. Um, <clears throat> just been way too busy to get a haircut actually that's my that's my excuse and um as as uh many people have said including my mother it's amazing watching your father pop out of your head um <laughs> it's extraordinary <laughs> the, the impact um so yeah it, it's uh it, 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 it it's it's been a funny thing but ho- hopefully i'll i'll uh i'll sort i'll, I'll sort out me barna uh, uh, this, yeah. You're you're ro- you're rocking the mop. I like it. Yeah, it's yeah. good. I like it's your good. Hair if you, too. You've got you've got like a shoulder length thing going on. It's very. I've, I've gone kind of shoulder length. I'm very, kind of growing my hair. It's very shoulder length. Oh, <laughs> no, yeah. I'm sitting at home and I'm just growing my hair. I'm kind of gritting my teeth and you know willing it to grow. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but it's uh, it is December. It is our like we we have been a little bit absent. Let's be honest. But it is December. It is our final episode of 2022 or is it yeah most likely it is it is Let, let's face it <laughs> it's it's a miracle we're here at all it's an absolute miracle we're here <laughs> you're a very busy but, person man um so yeah, I, we're gonna, oh, we've got a nail i've got a, yeah nailing nailing the calendars down is it, i had to look i Stephen shared a screenshot of his calendar to me and I got a headache, a headache just looking at it. Because you are, of course, I should be calling, like you are Professor mm-hmm. Stephen Kinsella, the economist in question, and I am, I am Anne Blake, the artist in question. So today, it is, we're going a bit seasonal and I was going to ask you straight up, um, was there, you know, we all grew up with Christmas tradition. So I was thinking of tradition today. And was there any tradition in your house that was very specific to the Kinsla household that when you tell other people, they'd be like, what? You know, that this was what happened on Christmas Day or coming up to Christmas in the Kinsla household. Oh, yeah. So um, we always worked over Christmas. So I actually, I, I didn't enjoy Christmas at all until I was an I'm adult. Sorry. I um, just picture little child labor. Yeah, no, 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 really. Barefoot. Really. So, so, Oliver Twist. So my dad had a pub um, from the t- for, for, until I was about 11 and then he lost that business. So I literally, literally grew up in a pub. Like I'm not like, people go, oh, 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 is that what you mean? I was like, no, 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 dude. Like literally, like I ate my dinner on snooker tables and, and uh, did my homework at, at a bar, like like literally. And, um, you know, and the, the, the reality of family businesses, is anybody listening to this, as both our listeners will know, um, uh, is that, you know, child labor begins, uh, you know, child exploitation begins at home. Um, and so the, um, the, the, you know, uh, he, he lost the business, as I said, and, and uh, then everybody, everybody pretty much needed to go to work. So uh, I've been working since I was about, I suppose, since like outside of the house, you know, outside of the, the family, uh, since I was about 13. And um, my, my abiding memory of Christmas is just work and being tired. Um, and so, uh, and also because we didn't have heating, we weren't, we weren't, we weren't big on uh, heating. So I just remember Christmas as being a cold, uh, exhausting affair until I had, it sounds fucking bleak, but it'll get there. I, don't worry, I'll get there. Um, <laughs> Sorry, yeah. Oliver Twist keeps I know, I know, I know, I know, I know. <laughs> Please say I want some more. And so it was, it was like, like, I, I don't want to pretend that, that like, we had some awful childhood. It wasn't, um, but it certainly wasn't a childhood that was filled filled with resources, um, which is a uh, a nice way of saying it. So, but anyway, look, 
we're all working away. And so my, I have two, I have two younger brothers and then my mum and then uh, my dad. So he, um, uh, after a period, let's just call it a period of bed rest. He, he, he got, got, uh, got a gig as a taxi driver. So he was working nights as a taxi driver. And then I was working in bars uh uh at night and then both my brothers because i just got them jobs they were also working bars at night and then my mom she was doing stuff at night so we became a really really nocturnal family like when i say really really nocturnal i was finishing work at like four or five o'clock in the morning with both my brothers so our christmas tradition this is going to sound so weird but it's true our christmas tradition um for about five or six years was we actually had christmas dinner at about five o'clock in the morning like the turkey the whole thing like we because we all needed to work on christmas christmas um like like christmas day was just a write-off for everybody and then christmas and then uh, you know stevens's day is, it was a mental day uh, uh so you know christmas eve which was crazy right in the bar or the nightclubs and then you'd, and that, I mean, it was crazy, crazy, crazy. That's, the, that's the, one of the maddest days of the year, um, apart from in Dublin, apart from like rugby weekends where Ireland wins or whatever. And then there was this other uh, moment where, um, what you, so, 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 so Christmas Eve would be exhausting. Christmas Day, you'd be just, uh, uh, you, you wouldn't do a lot. You'd wake up kind of later. And then what we would do is we would go to someone else's house, right, for like, you know, dinner or whatever. And because everyone was so wrecked, you know, you're really tired, you don't really eat that much. Uh, my 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 over I, you know and we'd have a drink whatever so nobody would be like super into food so the, my overarching memory of christmas and then and you get ready for stevens's day and be really busy it is it is i'm not joking when i say that i started enjoying christmas at about the age of 29 because Aww. the because then the kids came along and I, I, I had first child at 27. I had my first child at 27. Like I wasn't that involved, Dan. I'm not going to lie. I was there for a specific period. Um, but then basically my wife did the rest. You know, I, I <laughs> held hands and made tea and drove the thing home. But um, uh, once uh, the kids have come along, Christmas has just been a joyous thing. Like it's been like I look forward to it now. I'm really, really, really excited. And mm. um, their grandparents brought over this like wonderful advent calendar thing with like handmade gifts, and it's just the most amazing experience. Like and so, so for me, the experience of Christmas has gone from like this, this like dark thing to like this bright thing, and I love oh. it. And I absolutely like I now love Christmas. Like I really love it. And um, but for me, like you're asking about traditions, um, we still talk about it. That's the reason that it, it's coming up. To, like. And when I tell people, you're, the look on your face is is, is sort of like, what? <laughs> that face is exactly, I guess, what um, uh, most people have. But it is it is the thing that we talk about. It is the tradition that that that, that I, I think we would have, which is just having these like like relatively elaborate dinners because we wouldn't see each other. That's the other thing because you know jumping around and all that. And so that was the only like real family time. And but 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 it was it was fun as well. And we all kind of recognized and acknowledged that doing this as the sun was coming up was a bit odd. So yeah, it was a it was a weird thing. So what about your tradition? Tell me yeah. tell me more about yours. Well, I mean, it's funny because you saw you saw the sun come up on probably what is just shy of the shortest day of the year. So yeah. that's yeah, that's late. Yeah, I mean, it's funny. I I very different. Um, uh, <laughs> you might know from previous episodes, I don't know, or maybe you don't, maybe you just met me, uh, depending if you're a new listener, <laughs> number three, uh, if you are one of our two, hi Sharon, I know one of you. <laughs> hi Sharon. So, <laughs> uh, my family uh, loved mass. I mean, 
they'd put Father Ted to shame, you know, mass, 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 mass. mass. So we'd go to Christmas Eve mass, which was actually always quite nice. It was kind of magical, yeah. you know, and then we'd have to go in the morning as well. What? And not only... You're not over at that point. Look, you're not taking, not, taking, not I, taking a good mass for someone else. You are mixing up the idea that I had any say in any of this. Oh, fair, yeah, this was yeah, this fair. was this is what I grew up with. And then not only this, um, my parents are very smart. Uh, just um, they Santa would come on Christmas Eve, actually into our room, into stockings, you know, into the actual room, okay, and leave kind of crap. Do you know what I mean? Like fun little toys, yeah, kind of yeah. rubbish, Deals, you know. Like, yeah. uh, Total, yeah. pound, whatever pound it was back then, pound shop, yeah. A growth shop but, with a long time. But, yeah. but the real presents, the real good one presents came from mum and dad. Yeah. So therefore, if you were asking for something outrageous, you were asking mum and dad. Oh, you know? that's a capital flex. Very that's an excellent parental flex, I should have thought of that. But let, let me add this up. So those presents were under the tree. Mm. And the living room door was locked, like by this elaborate rope pulley system. <laughs> and... We were not allowed to go in. <laughs> Just imagine like a Harry Potter situation or something. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> we had to, so we got our kind of our, our Santa presence yeah. that kind of kept us at bay. And then we'd have to go to mass and then we'd come home and we'd have breakfast and then we'd be allowed to open our presents. How did you even eat with the excitement of it all? I mean, what? you know, Catholic, Catholics are good at delayed gratification. That's fair. <laughs> your, your gratification will come never. Never. <laughs> Potentially so, never. It's, it's funny, but you know, you, I grew up with that and that was just like, oh, well, this is what you do Christmas Day and then like, you go to school and then people are like, I was up at five o'clock in the morning, I opened up my presents and yeah. you're like, what? How did, how did you get in? <laughs> how did you get past the rope and pulley system? <laughs> the rope and pulley system. Just imagine some Indiana Jones, you know, you know, Anne, Anne with like a little Indiana Jones hat and a whip, you know, swinging across, you know, the, the poof and the, uh, landing on the coffee table, balancing on one, the ball of one foot as the arrows fly across and sort of, she, she barely makes the knives to get to the, the Christmas tree. It's, it's, uh, it's it's quite it's quite but like yeah. yeah poisoned hearts been spat from every angle, but so and this got me thinking about Christmas and traditions yeah. and um I mean we, that's what I'm saying I grew up and I was like oh this is what you do on Christmas Day sure of course and then you meet society like either in class or then as you grow up or then you go on a podcast with someone and they tell you they had their Christmas dinner at five in the morning yeah. as, you know. everyone's got a thing absolutely so um traditions in general i think are kind of they're they're interesting because um we just take them as given do you yeah. know that we don't question them yeah. and they what's the tradition the definition is kind of they if they last in two or three generations of grand of of hum, of people and our families then it's kind of a tradition mm -hmm. um but uh, so Traditionally, what I thought was also interesting, because I always we always like a bit of myth busting uh, whenever we can, and it's the whole thing with Santa. Mm -hmm. And there's often the saying that Coca Cola kind of created Santa, not created Santa, sorry, but they commercialized him, him, I suppose. Well, that they chose his colors of clothes. Oh, really? That he was he was yeah yeah that he's red and white only because of Coke. And really? This has been a, a, a an often okay. spoken about myth. Now, it's kind of true, but also not. So, 
basically Santa was traditionally like a tall kind of gaunt man or you know sometimes he was Krampus the evil <laughs> the evil demon that comes and beats the shit out of kids in Germany um but this jolly uh like he'd sometimes be wearing blue or green depending on the painting or the drawing okay but what coke did was uh in the 30s they got um it was based on the pain the poem it was the night before christmas okay and that description of santa uh the the jolly twinkly eyes that's what the image that they one of their artists painted and created the jolly and they put him in red and white because while that was a santa one of his many colors that they were the coke colors uh-huh. so that is what I'm saying is we completely take this as given. Like this is 90 years later. Sure. We don't even question. Oh, Santa's a big fat jolly man. Yeah, you sure, know, sure. he's not a tall, severe, um, elven type character, St. Nick, St. Nicholas, it. you know. Um, but that would have been the concept beforehand. And I'm saying what I find mad, I'm looking at your face, how surprising that is. That's very surprising. I'm not surprised that a corporation like deformed a childhood memory for its own nefarious uh, reasons to sell more sugar water. Like, that's not that's not surprising to me at all. I'm like, yeah, yeah, that's fine. Um, but what, what is interesting is that, is that one could... Uh, there's a brilliant book by a guy called Edward Bernays called Propaganda. And it's actually the theory of propaganda. It's, it, it's, it's, it's from around the same time. And it, it's, it's, he, what he understands by propaganda, we, we now call public relations or like how you get mass mass agreement on an issue okay and actually the best sort of propagandists are not people who sell you products they're people who sell you ideas and so if you think about i don't know the idea of the gaa they don't sell you you know you're going to watch two fellas lamping each other with a shtick like it's all about community so they're selling you the idea of community um if you think about uh nike they're selling you the idea of excellence. And if you think about Santa, he's selling you the idea of uh, togetherness, right? You know, like oh, we're going to give, but it's togetherness through the giving of gifts and the purchasing of sugar water. So this is important. <laughs> Fizzy sugar water is, is an important part. So you, you insert yourself into um, a value that people want to see themselves in. It's a very nice thing. And Bernays is an entire point. And it's a, it's a really good book. I kind of, you know, for both our listeners, read it it's it's very short but it's well worth reading because in that book you have everything you need to know about the um manipulation of the masses uh by means of um have you ever read a book called the four agreements i have not it's it's a it's a sort of a a self-help book i would describe it as so it's basically it's one of these kind of um like the alchemist or something like that right you know it's sort of like how to be more, um, how to be better in, in the world. And there's okay. basically four agreements. And the, the four agreements are, are, are really quite simple. I, I was, I read this years ago, like, 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 like 25 years ago. And, and the, um, and the, the, the interesting thing about the, about the book is that it, it, the four agreements are really quite simple. And I was just, I was reading them out recently because for a very, for another reason. But what, the first agreement is be impeccable with your word. Um, and what that means is, uh, words are, words are like magic because words shove ideas into people's heads and those ideas change people's behaviors. And that can either be really good 
um, or like Jesus, love one another, or uh, really bad, like Hitler, Jews are bad, get rid of them, right? So these are both words. So you have to be impeccable with your word, um, and th that's the first thing. The second uh, agreement, by the way, is to, is 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 uh, don't take anything personally um, because it's not about you. Um, if you, it, I, I read a quote recently, which which was like, all all social anxiety would disappear the moment anyone realized just how little anyone else thinks about them <laughs> not thinks <laughs> of them just about them like nobody thinks about, about other them people. yeah the other the third agreement is, is 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 don't make assumptions uh your assumptions come from you um and if you and you you, you know you're assuming something about another another person as if you have uh a window into their heads it's wrong and as economists all we do is make assumptions that's a bit awkward and the fourth one is always do your best. Um, we very often don't do our best. And when we say, I was doing my best, you probably weren't. <laughs> right. Um, so, but that thing of, 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 of uh, using words to inject ideas into people's heads, that suits yourself, right? Like that's, that's not being impeccable. To be impeccable means to be, um, there's a sort of a whole, there's a, it's it's um there's a sort of a almost like a holy idea to the word impeccable it means like you're you're perfect in, mm. in how you use your words and um like if you just if we all just did that we'd be grand do you know what i mean like that's that's his, your man's point like the four reasons yeah. it's well worth reading i mean it's, it's a very short book it's like it's like 80 pages or something and and um it's a lovely little yoke uh and you know, you it, it, wherever you go, you will find this thing in the self help section. Um, it's yeah. it's a really interesting thing. Just picking up on what you're saying, uh, there's so much in that. It's 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 fab, you know. And everything you're saying is like, oh, that's such good advice. Um, I remember a while ago talking to a performer, um, and she was talking about stage fright and how she used to be really, you know, stage fright. She, she, stage fright be being afraid on stage having feel like she'd go out and sing but she'd grab the mic and she'd be hiding behind it and she'd be really self-conscious and someone just said to her uh it's not about you you need to get over yourself and stop and prioritize your audience and you know stop making it about you i had, <laughs> I had the same thing it's the exact same thing okay. happened to me exactly it's yeah. amazing actually i was like yeah. i was talking about this with somebody last night they texted me and they're like they were saying, oh, look, I've gotten, I've gotten a really bad case of writer's block. I can't write. I can't read. I'm in a disaster. I'm not, and this is a person who's a professional writer. So this is not good. Yeah. Like your singer yeah. friend. So, you know, they were like, do you ever get writer's block? And I was like, no. And she said, uh, why? And I said, because when I was 22, I was wandering around my kitchen, giving out, uh, you know, sighing and whatever. My dad was just about to go to work. Um, and it was a, it was an essay on transport economics, the, literally the economics of taxi driving, you know, um, for transport economics in, in Trinity. And I couldn't write the essay. And I was like, Dad, I've got, I think I've got writer's block. And he looked up at me and sipping a cup of tea as he was about to go do a 12 hour shift driving a cab, driving drunken people around Dublin. And he looked up at me, fixed me with a stare, you know, and he was, I guess about the age I am now, 44, 45. And he looked at me and he said, my son, I don't get fucking taxi driver block. 
<laughs> and I looked at him, and he looked at me, and he went, start fucking typing. And I was like, okay. So, <laughs> you know, it's exactly the same argument. It's not about you. You know, yeah. just get on with it. So I didn't give my friend that advice because it, it wouldn't have, that would not be helpful to her mm. because she, she doesn't understand um, the uh, father-son dynamic in that sense. Yeah. Um, the advice I gave her was uh, listen, she's a hyper-technical person, really, really technical. And I said, you've got to sit, listen to a podcast about music and start typing, transcribing what these people are saying and making notes to yourself nothing to do with your technical thing because what you're what you'll actually find is she's she's a she's a genius she's full of ideas what you'll find is you'll be you're, you're literally listening to a podcast you know where ellie goulding talks about her lyrical process right she's got 50 words in every fucking song like and they're all the same word right like, it, like it's it's whatever right the point is it's 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 orthogonal to, to what you think is is important and so you, you it lets you off you don't have any pressure in your head. You're also just transcribing, like you can't fuck that up. As long as you know how, how keyboards work, you can't fuck it up. So it's that mm. idea of, of getting back into the flow. And as you get into the flow about this meaningless task, you'll remember what it is that you wanted to do. And that's a fascinating thing. You also, by the way, change your voice as you do right. it your, with the voice that, that, the, the, the way you, you type so i would write like a 2000 word article a week and some other stuff but when i go back and read those and sometimes i have to go back and read them what i do is i uh as i read them i can hear the music that i was listening to because i put the same song on repeat okay and i listen to this like ridiculous like kind of music like the shittest EDM techno nonsense, like it, the worst thing ever. H have you got the Spotify thing where like you've got the most listened to songs? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. All of my most listened to songs <laughs> are just this dreadful scooter, you know, this dreadful stuff. My sons and I were, we were comparing, you know, uh, and he's like, check me out, dad. I've got Kendrick Lamar. Look at this. Uh, my, my middle guy, he's really into drumming and he really wants to like he's all about the manic street preachers and he's finding this thing like like he's getting you know have you ever really like gotten deep into an artist like you know you know he knows like the biographies of the drummers and then you know all these things like this yeah he was here when he wrote this song dad and isn't this is what this lyric means and you're like yes this is you know i'm, I'm like this has nothing to do with me, but I'm totally taking credit, right? Like this is <laughs> this is the child I wanted to make, one that's like vaguely obsessed with the uh, band, the lyrics of a band that was big in the '90s. Do you know what I mean? Like, mm. like you know, this is fantastic. So, so we've got Kendrick, Kendrick Lamar addict number one. We've got the Manic Street Preachers person, and then uh, my daughter, whose whose taste in music is is all over the place. And then there's me. <laughs> Right, Johnny Techno, and they were looking like I think they thought that I would be listening to like you know, alternative like the National. I would think would be one of my favorite bands or, or something like that. You know, I'm really big into those guys or Mick Flannery. You know, those kind of people. But like, no, <laughs> Apple Music says Scooter is my number two. <laughs> so yeah, but I was interested. Did it work? Did did your did your colleague who, who had to sing did did it work for her? Was she? Uh, oh yeah sure. she yeah because i think it's a lot easier to take care of other people than yourself oh that's Do you know it's 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 a lot easier to just go like 
I mean, even in a crisis, you know, if it's if it's for me, I'm like, oh God. But if something happens to someone else, I'll, I'm in. I'll, I'll do whatever I have to do. And I, I, but I think it's also it like it, what this other person said to her was, it's your ego. You know, that's oh, your yeah. ego. It might be dressed up as self-effacing, and it might be dressed up as, oh, I'm not good. But actually, that's nonsense. It's actually making it all about you, and you need to let go of that. And and I found that um, there was a wonderful episode of uh did you ever see a show called Shit's creek no oh my oh god Shit's Tr- creek Tr- treat yourself <laughs> yes Shit's yeah the, the, it's sh- with a c uh the premise of it uh, very quickly is this family who are hugely rich multimillionaires. who it turns out their accountant has been robbing all their money they lose everything and it's a mother and father and two grown-up children like in their 30s um and they have to the only asset left is a town the dad bought the son as a joke for his birthday <laughs> for his 18th birthday called Shits creek and they have to move there they bought and a town for the crack for the crack they bought yeah the deed of a town for fun and now they have to go and live there because it's the only asset they've left it's absolutely amazing um eugene levy daniel levy um catherine o'hara uh, just treat is it on treat uh, netflix Yes. Okay. Cool. Yes. Cool, 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 cool. But there isn't so the so that these adult children are they're quite infantilized because they've grown up completely coddled. Oh. Um, okay. 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 You know, and they're they're really like you know New York, Manhattan, and they're out in the middle of nowhere now. And anyway, David is learning to drive. You know, and he's like, and he's panicking and anxiety about his driving test. And his sister Alexis. It's this great episode. She goes, David. No one cares. <laughs> You got to understand, no one cares. Okay. And he's like, you're a driving instructor. They don't, like, nobody cares about this as much as you. And you have to, and it's this great <laughs> advice. Now, obviously, driving is important. And, uh, but this idea that we build things up, that A, or the, the apex of importance, and the only person that that much importance to is you. And, yes. and that's okay. We need to recognize that. And then let it go and see your place in, in the grand scheme of things. And I think that there's something very freeing about that mm. because I know any if I look back at any time I'm not my best or any time I'm in my head or in my own way, it's because I have made myself the absolute center of the universe. And and I assume the entire world's eyes are on me. And they're really not. <laughs> like, they're really, really not. <laughs> yeah. Don't take it personally. Second don't take it, don't take it personally. Don't take it personally. It's, but I think, and obviously we were talking about this idea of, uh, you know, what, what kind of got us into this, this uh, the corporate selling the idea. Mm-hmm. The selling. We're not selling you uh, a cup of coffee. We're selling you... Uh, your morning commute, you know, in a urban setup, or we're selling you that moment in the cafe where your eyes meet somebody else, yeah. and it, you know, and the coffee, faci- the coffee is facilitating all this. But yeah, when it comes down to it, it's it's just a drink, you know. Um, a delicious drink. Hey, it's a delicious. <laughs> and I think, but that's all part of life. You know what I mean? We're not automatons who like eat breakfast and work. You know, like everything we do has a load of uh, elements to it that make it lovely. Like Christmas, for example, you know, it's a, it's a, let's face it, a festival in the deepest, darkest, most miserable part of winter. Mm. So it's the happiest, brightest thing in the world to counteract all that. Like, you yeah. know, it's, it's for our own good that it's, that it exists. Yeah, sure. And, sure. I mean, and we, yeah, yeah. I, I'm struck by the fact that, um, but the, the idea <clears throat> is so different from the practice. Um, and like I said, for me, it was, it was, it was, 
I, I, you know, you, you hear this thing about like, oh, you know, for Christmas, you know, there's some people who just, they're just not going to have a good time at, at it. You know, it brings up painful memories or whatever. Um, I, like certainly I was definitely one of those people who were like, no offense, buddy, but fuck Christmas. Right. Like that was dead, genuinely me, like not in a high key, like I'm going to go on Twitter and be like, I hate Christmas. You're all pricks kind of way, but in a, this is nonsense. I'm not getting, you know, I'll send, I'll give people presents, but I'm not doing the card bullshit. I'm just, I'm just not. And it was, it was I was definitely one of those people who were, who was like, this is just dumb and people are dumb for, for doing this. The, the, but that was just a, the, the product of an experience. Um, the, the idea is really, really interesting. Um, because what it, it, it is, it's the, uh, it's the, because our minds are really fertile, right? They're fertile um, ground and you plant the seed of an idea and it just flies off. Right. And so the, Christmas is this idea, as you said, it, that in darkness, we all kind of come together and share stuff and make the shit time slightly less shit by just being with each other. And that's awesome, right? That is awesome. As long as you have other people to be with and you like them. <laughs> um, uh, but, but conditional on that, you know, basically you give, you give presents and, 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 and you, you hang out with one another. I think that's really cool. Um, I, I'm struck by, I'm struck by something I, I watched recently. My, myself and my daughter were rewatching Harry Potter for like the four millionth time. Um, <laughs> she's read all the books. She has all the audiobooks. She's she would be like a Harry Potter obsessive because um, she re-listens to them over and over again, looking for deeper and deeper, deeper fact points in the J.K. Rowling thing. And um, the portrayal of Christmas. Um, in the Weasley household is really interesting. So Harry's an orphan, obviously, right? So he's got no one. And Mrs. Weasley kind of takes him under her wing. And his present, single present, is like she knits him a jumper, right? So they all get like one present each, and that's fine. Uh, you know, and, and I can remember Christmases where I got one present and that was fine. If my children got one present, fucking social services would be called. Like, I, like, I'm not joking. I mean, people would be like, you go, you did, I mean, why? You know, it would be ridiculous, the idea that we, get, we would give our children one present. And I think we, I think if that ever happened, like the whole economy would fall apart. Because like 40% of all sales for everything happened at Christmas time. If we turned around and we're like, yeah, so Anne, you're given one present to Jenny. Just one. Yeah. That's it. Right. And then Jenny, one present. Steve, you're giving one present to uh, Elke. That's it. Faux show. The whole <laughs> thing would collapse, including probably both of our marriages. But the, 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 if you just think about that, the implicit assumption is you're going to give them as many presents as you can probably afford. People can mm. afford lots of presents will give lots of presents. And then it's some kind of like, how many presents did you get? Oh, I got 20 presents. How many did you get? I got 30 presents. Oh, you know. In a world where everyone simply agreed, if this was the idea, just give one present. Um, or the present that you're going to give, we're going to give the gift of a charitable charitable donation or something, right? People would be like, <laughs> oh, I've, but that's happened in my family. Oh, we're doing it. We're, we're doing it. Oh, yeah. And I would actually, for one of the, for both the listeners, one of the best presents you can actually give is that, um, particularly to a charity that you 
know something about or you have some detailed data on. Um, my recommendation is always the Children's Grief Centre in Limerick because that's just very good. If you don't happen to live in Limerick, um, you know, pick one like UNICEF or whatever, but like whatever you want. But but mm. there is a thing to giving, which is a very good thing. It's good for everyone. Yeah, it's funny. I my my family were. So I don't know about you growing up, but certainly we were a bit more we Weasley esque. <laughs> Maybe not quite one present, but certainly one decent present, yeah, and then yeah, yeah. little. Things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My mom, my mom always got us tights. Oh, tights. My, my sis, my sisters, tights. tights, tights, and I rely on it. Like every, even up to adulthood, like even up to the last <laughs> Christmas she was alive, she got me tights, and tights. I relied it. Like every year, I would never buy myself take woolly. Chris, you know, wintry tides because my mom got them for me every year. Do you know what I mean? Oh and yeah, out and, get, and, that, you know, and that's a tradition, right? Like, and, like that, and she'd uh, get my brother's socks. Do you know what I mean? Like this was a thing. Uh, it's a tradition. Yeah, yeah, yeah actually, yeah. it's funny. We couldn't do one present because Jenny introduced a tradition into our house mm -hmm. from her home, which is on Christmas Eve you open one small present. Yeah, I like that idea. And, and yeah. in Germany, uh, so obviously my wife's half German. We do the German Christmas. Oh, and yeah, I mean so that's the, the big, land of Christmas. The big, the big. So, so, so the kids got their Advent stuff yesterday. So they're open. The, they opened them this morning. There and the handmade this these beautiful handmade uh, uh, Advent calendars, and then Santa comes on the sixth of December, fill, filling their shoes with chocolate, which they can have for breakfast, which is kick ass. <laughs> and so the children like find every shoe they own, and it's class. And then. Oh. Um, and then Christmas Eve is when the Christ child arrives. So the Christ child, it's your big dinner, and then you go, oh, the Christ child's going to come, and then like all the stuff, you know, arrives. You go, you return, you go away, and you sing a few songs. And if you don't sing really loudly, then the child, Christ child won't come. Sure enough, out pops the Christ child, and then you open up all the presents and have a glass of champagne and go to bed, and then you sleep in on Christmas morning. No mass sound. <laughs> No mass. No no mass. No. No no uh, no 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 priests will be bothered by 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 us this Christmas. But it was um, it was again. It's just a. It's just an. I know if you're sitting there going, no no no, they have to get up at five o'clock in the morning. It is like an empirically better way to do Christmas. Like the German the German way is better. It's more planned. It's more structured. There's more sleep involved. You get like two parties because <laughs> you still go over for Christmas dinner, right? It's still pretty awesome. Yeah. And um, there's like a singing bit, you know, um, and it's longer too, like, because basically Christmas starts today for the kids. They get these little presents, yeah. like a little car or bag of sweets or something, something small, right? They get to yeah. unwrap something every single day until Christmas Eve. And wow. it's class. You know, and then who doesn't want shoes filled with the chocolate? That's awesome. <laughs> we should just, there's a, I wonder if there was like a tradition off, you know, where you could like, you know, uh, where you could like empiric, you know, you could find some way to like have the Christmas traditions compete against one another. <laughs> Wouldn't that be cool? Yeah, I mean, like German. Germany is kind of the land of Christmas, isn't it? it? Is, like yeah, it's, yeah, it's, yeah. it's very or Finland. Like, what do they do in Finland? Yeah, I, I, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I know what they do in Australia. So, so we did Christmas in Australia. In Australia, oh, yeah. right now, like it's forty degrees. Like it's super warm down there, right? Um, if you ever, if you're ever interested in 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 listening to, uh, so Christmas carols, obviously Australian Christmas carols are weird because there's no snow, right? There's no, it's not cold. You don't need, you don't need tights. Right, you need swimming shorts and sun cream. 
There's a great guy called Tim Minchin, uh, M-I-N-C-H-I-N. He's really funny, but he's got a beautiful song. It's not that funny. It's it's called um, White Wine in the Sun, and it's Christmas song, right? <laughs> and when we lived in Australia, we did that. We you know you you can't have a giant roast turkey at forty degrees. We had uh, we went to the beach and got a pizza and a bottle of freezing cold white wine, and it was. It was a weird Christmas. It was, you know, like the kids are like, oh, okay, right. Halloween was even weirder in Australia, actually. But, but you know, because th their tradition is designed for darkness. So we, they do this, and I just think it's, it's just better. Like, like, like th that white wine in the sun. You're sitting there with all your friends, and for for him, that song. And again, like, listen to it. It's so worth it. You know, he's saying because they're so Australians are far flown. You know, they tend to be very far flown. You know, like, can you, come, you can come back. We'll be here. We'll be doing this tradition. Why wine in the sun? Don't worry. We're all here for you. You know, it's that community idea. But it's such a weird Christmas vibe to be talking about mm. white wine in the sun. So they were quite a cool tradition too, you know. Because it's so, I suppose they were, you know, Europeans bringing a midwinter festival Totes. to the Antipodes. Like, I mean, we don't have an equivalent midsummer festival. Indeed, that, indeed. You know, we don't have a, a summer <laughs> Christmas, you know, but like, say the 25th of, of June, apart from being my little nephew's birthday, is not particularly a big a big date, you know. Um, weird, really. Like we have mid, there's midsummer kind of festivals, but not like as in small, like there's there's arts festivals, not, but no, not a, a global, not, sorry, a Northern Hemisphere kind of oh, marking. Yeah. I mean, there would be in the Celtic calendar. I suppose Bealtaine would be leading into that. Bealtaine. 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 Okay. Like the mouth of the mouth of fire. Jesus. It's it's also that doesn't sound very welcoming. Uh, <laughs> well, it's the fire. it's the it's the Irish for June. Okay. Yeah, Bealtaine. Okay. And it's 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 the festival. I mean, it's 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 bonfires. I I'm I am not an expert on Celtic festivals. I would like to become one, or I'd like to sorry, not become one. I'd like to learn more. Okay. And there are people. I'm sure one of our two listeners ha might have something to say. Feel free to tweet and uh, and <laughs> like <laughs> and subscribe <us> and <laughs> tell us what we're getting wrong. Mainly Stevens pronunciation of Bealtaine. Um <laughs> For some, yeah, for, some, nah. for some reason, <laughs> the mouth of fire comes from the, the Merino. So, yeah. Well, bail, bail tin up, you know, kind of thing. So um, anyway, we don't have a day, a decent equivalent in the summer. So um, it is kind of odd that this midwinter, like, like, let's face it, it's really dark and miserable. I mean, I, I do like the winter, but I do struggle with the, the lack of sunshine. Certainly the older I get, I don't know if you find this. I really understand why old people retire to the sunshine. Um, yeah. But, like, you need lights and brightness and and hope and happiness and happy music. Yeah. Because yeah, <laughs> we're three, like, it's four days after the, the, the darkest day of the year, you know. Um, but. So it is kind of odd seeing those traditions transplanted into an environment that doesn't really. So maybe we it. should bring it. Maybe should we, we should pick a pick, take a leaf out of the Australians' book and do a white wine in the sun on the twenty fifth of June. You know, let's do it. Uh, although you know, you know, you know, June is not the best month normally for weather. Like you're probably standing outside, rain lashing off your face. Going, Isn't this brilliant? You know, <laughs> the, the I do. In the, like what June does have is 
what June does have is like crazy long days, so that that's yeah, fair, fair, the, fair. The beauty, the way we're getting the crazy short days at the moment, June has has the equivalent. Um, mm. But but yeah, so um, actually, one little other tradition. I mean, it's not a tradition. I mean, I just said earlier, traditions have to skip three generations to actually be considered tradition. I mean, it's a term we use. Something myself and Jenny started doing. We're not always true to it, but we're trying to stick with it. Is like it's not that I don't know healthy one but we always try to go for a little feed in enzos in limerick do you know enzos not just no i love enzos yeah both our listeners should go go there like we'd go we'd go there that's a great now and then throughout the year but it's a christmas time visit to enzos okay we 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 went and we went last year with my with my dad and and jenny's mum was down and it's just a nice place to go on Christmas. Mm-hmm. And like Enzo's, if you want to sponsor that, uh, <laughs> myself and Stephen to have a Christmas we'll do a feed collab. Enzo's. We'll do a collab. <laughs> we'll do a live podcast from Enzo's. Yeah, which, um, yeah, I don't yeah. think the sound, Ma- but it's, it's <laughs> mashing a bit of duck. Yeah. Uh, it's, it, it, but that's one, one thing. And is there anything, well, you just said you do all the German stuff. Um, mm. Is there anything else maybe that is pretty much just a product of, the Kinsella Hayes household. Um, I think, I think one of the things that we started doing now is like doing these longer walks now that the kids can. Like mm. we went up to this place called Tubber Curry, and there's there's these insane like you're basically walking up with horizontal wind and rain and whatever, and you kind of have to cling to each other or you're going to fall off this feckin' thing. And it's it's it th- that sort of become the thing that we're doing on on Stevens's day. Um, yeah, so I, I should just tell you what I'm looking at now. So, so basically a bunch of students are, so I'm in the, um, I'm, you can't see this, but I'm on the university campus and a, an absolute mass of students. Like when I say a mass, it, it's, it's, it's reading week here. So next week we're going to start um, exams and, uh, the college is very quiet. The, the energy and the energy in a college is completely in proportion to the number of people. And so. It's completely full of people. Like last week, it was rammed with people because it was week twelve, and you know we, we, the energy on the campus is like that. And then, and then you know it's reading week, so everybody goes away, and then the energy on the campus drops, and it becomes very quiet mm-hmm. and very intense because everyone's studying for the exams. They're going to start next week. Two hundred and fifty people have just walked across the lawn of the business school wearing suits. It's so weird. So I don't know. There must be some kind of student night out going on or something. Oh, but yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. We'll probably read about it in the paper tomorrow. So, but like, <laughs> it's uh, it is interesting because the, the campus empties so totally that one is shocked when you see people because yeah, the energy just flows out of the place, and then you see like even if you see twenty five people, yeah, and for some reason all the, the suited students are taking selfies with each other around a tree. God, I miss being a student. <laughs> Maybe they're starting their own new traditions. I think, I think that is exactly what they're doing. And I'm just struck by the fact that there's like, I'm just struck by the fact that there is, they're all suited. They, 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 they look like they all want to be in the Peaky Blinders. Okay. Yeah. Another excellent series that uh, you should watch. Look, this, this is the uh, episode of recommendations. Peaky we are not sure. We are, we are not short of them. Yeah. Uh, but on on that note of of looking maybe maybe at your past self, 
through a through a prism of sorts, uh, maybe, Stephen, maybe. out out to the courtyard. Uh, on that note, uh, we might wrap up this month, this year, and uh, wish you all and yours a happy and safe and lovely and joyful and not like the last two years Christmas. Yes, exactly. Enjoy your holiday as well. So not just the, the Christmassy bit, but the holiday bit. We we all deserve a break from whatever it is we've been doing this year. Um, and um, we should all think about New Year's resolutions, um, particularly what are you not going to do in 2023? This is the thing that I'm pondering. What are you not okay. going to do? Like we all have things that we want to do, but what are you not going to do? Um, maybe that maybe we could talk about that in the next podcast. I don't know. I haven't decided. One thing that we all need to uh, do is engage with a new tradition, which is that uh, the amazing Anne Blake and the Brad Pitt Light Orchestra will be playing in Upstairs uh, Dolan's on the 22nd of December. It's a tr tradition. They haven't been able to do it for a number of years for obvious reasons. Let's break that tradition. Uh, I want to see everybody there. So let's all make sure we head along to that. It's going to be the crack. You have been listening to Anne and Steve Talk Stuff, a Limerick Post podcast produced by Eric Fitzgerald. Theme tune is performed and composed by David Blake. Please rate, review and subscribe to the podcast and tell your friends. You can now follow the show on Twitter at Anne Steve Talk. Get Stephen at Stephen Kinsler. He's a Stephen with a PH. Anne at Anne Blake 78. That's an Anne without an E. And the Limerick Post at Limerick Post.